Well, good morning. What a great song. Hallelujah. What a Savior. Hallelujah. What a friend. The only thing that can wash away our sins is the blood of Jesus. I don't know if you noticed or not when you drove in this morning, but the church sign said, We thank God for our senior adults. And the reason is that the first Sunday of May at Red House has historically been set aside to recognize the senior adults of our church. And I may get in trouble for doing this. I'm not going to say if you're a senior adult or not. You are making your decision on your own. I'm not calling anybody out. If you consider yourself a senior adult, I may close my eyes on this, would you please stand? And if you can't stand, wave your hand. Wave your hand if you can't stand. <laughs> Amen. You know, I'm so thankful that Red House Baptist Church is a multi-generational church. And I'm so thankful for the senior adults that Red House has had over the years and has today. And I want to thank you, senior adults, for the contributions that you have made to Red House in so many different ways over the years and the contributions you are making today. Because Red House Baptist Church would not be the church it is today if it wasn't for the faithfulness of our senior adults. You know, and some of the people that have been, meant the most to me over the course of my life have been senior adults. And here's what I've discovered. If you hang around long enough, you'll become one too if you're not already one. And you've probably heard how you can tell whether or not you're a senior adult. So if you can answer yes to any of these questions, you may want to consider yourself a senior adult. It's when you bend down to tie your shoes and ask yourself the question, is there anything else I can do while I'm down here? It's when you finally got everything together, but then you forgot where you put it. It's when you keep saying it wasn't like that back in my day. It's when car insurance seems a lot cheaper, but life insurance seems a lot more expensive. It's when everything hurts, and what doesn't hurt doesn't work. It's when people say, you look great, but then they add, for your age. So, But you know what? Here's the reality. We're all getting older, and we can't stop the aging process. And even though we can't control the aging process, we can control how we age. And when we choose to age the right way, what we do is we age gracefully. And every one of us should desire to grow older with grace and dignity. And this morning, I want to share with you how all of us can age Gracefully, I'm going to read one verse this morning from Proverbs 16:31. It says this, "Gray hair is a glorious crown. It is found in the way of righteousness." I did not say that. God said that. "Gray hair is a glorious crown. It is found in the way of righteousness." You know, and typically we associate gray hair with a sign of aging, and and some people do prematurely turn gray in their 20s or 30s. Most don't start graying until their middle age. But many who have gray hair, they like to dye it or color it, and there's nothing wrong with that. But in ancient times, 
Biblical times, gray hair was considered a badge of honor. Proverbs 20, 29 says, The glory of young men is their strength, and the splendor of old men is gray hair. God commanded that those with gray hair to be treated with honor and to be treated with respect. In Leviticus 19.32, he wrote, you are, you are to rise in the presence of the elderly and honor the old. Fear your God. I am the Lord. Someone who has lived long enough to develop gray hair has had many opportunities to gain wisdom and knowledge. They've been through the various seasons of life. They've experienced the ups and downs of life. And through their life experiences, they have gained a lot of wisdom. And they have forgotten more than most of us know. And that experience and that wisdom, it should be honored and respected as what we just read says, gray hair is a crown of glory. However, there's a caveat attached to this. It, it concluded, it is found in the way of righteousness. The only way that gray hair is a crown of glory if it is found in the way of righteousness. And so if we want to age gracefully, we must live a life of righteousness. We need to live a life that's pleasing to God and honoring to God. So this morning I want to share with you several ways that we can age gracefully in righteousness. The first thing is this. Days gracefully in righteousness, the first thing we must do is we must be with, right with God. We must be right with God. You can't age in righteousness if you are not righteous to begin with, meaning that you are right with God, meaning that Jesus has washed away your sin, meaning that you have committed your life to Christ and you've asked Him to come into your life as your Lord and Savior. And you may say, well, that seems odd to mention that on a Sunday when we're talking about senior adults. But in my life, I have known senior adults who have came to know Christ. The church I grew up in, there was a man there by the name of Mr. Manus. I can't remember his first name. I guess I'm becoming a senior adult. But his, his name was Mr. Manus. Mr. and Ms. Manus, they were great members of our church, been faithful members of the church I grew up in for many, many years. But Mr. Manus really didn't give his life to Christ until he was close to 80 years old. Our pastor came over to visit him one day, and in the course of their conversation, Mr. Manus realized that he had never truly given his life to Christ. And this man, who everyone thought was a believer, was willing to lay down his pride and to admit that he had never trusted Christ as his Savior. There was another man in our church by the name of Mr. Eubanks. I remember his first name. His first name was Herb. Herb Eubanks, he was our Sunday school superintendent. He'd been the Sunday school superintendent for as long as I'd been at the church and probably before. But it wasn't until he was in his late 60s, after serving the church all these years, that he came to the conclusion that he had never given his life to Christ. You see, even though Mr. Manus and Mr. Eubanks had been living there, who had been portraying to live their lives for Christ, they really could not age gracefully because they were not right with the Lord. The only way they could age gracefully in righteousness was the moment they came to the realization that they had not trusted Christ. And I'm so thankful that those two men were willing to realize and understand that they needed to give their life to Christ before it was too late. If you want to age gracefully, make sure that you've given your life to Jesus. 
And if you've never given your life to Jesus, don't ever think that you are too old to do so. As long as you are still alive, as long as you are still breathing, it's not too late to give your life to Jesus. Don't let pride stand in the way of making a decision that's not only going to impact your life now, but it's going to impact your life for eternity. So if you're here this morning and never received Christ, it doesn't matter whether you're 10 or 20 or 30 or 40 or 70 or 80. It doesn't matter your age. You need to make sure that you're right with God by giving your life to Him. And if you have not done that, maybe you're like Mr. Manus and Mr. Eubanks. You've been playing church all your life. People all around you think you've given your life to Christ, but you know you really haven't. I would encourage you to make sure you get right with God today so you can start aging gracefully. The second thing I want to say, if you want to age gracefully in righteousness, never stop being a servant of God. Never stop being a servant of God. Don't ever think that you are too old to serve God. Regardless of your age, regardless of your circumstance, there is always you can, there's always something you can do for God. There are always ways that you can serve. One way you can serve is to pray. And from my experience and observations, the greatest prayer warriors in a church are the elderly, especially women. And what these prayer warriors realize is that even though they may have physical limitations, nothing can keep them from praying. And if we want to age gracefully and in righteousness, we need to spend quality time in prayer. We need to pray for God to give us the strength to live like Jesus and ask for forgiveness when we don't. We need to pray for each other. We need to pray for those who need help. We need to pray for the lost. We need to pray for the church. You need to pray for your family. And I could go on and on and on about all the things that we could pray for and need to pray for. But we, what we need to understand is that the role of a prayer warrior is not reserved for a few but in the church, it should be the responsibility of many. Being a prayer warrior should be the responsibility of every follower of Jesus. And I think oftentimes we don't think of praying as a way to serve. But I would say praying is one of the greatest ways you can serve the body of Christ. I think of what Jesus did. Think, look through the Gospels and see how often Jesus went alone to get with the Father to pray to get guidance, to get direction, to get strength, to pray for his disciples, to pray for those who didn't know him. And we need to do the same. Another way we can serve is to give. I'm so thankful for the senior adults of our church who have given of themselves so faithfully and so sacrificially over the years and have served in every area of the church and they continue to do so. They've given their time, they've given their finances, they've given their gifts. And financially speaking, do you know who are the greatest givers in a church? By greatest, I mean those that give the largest percentage of their income. Studies show it's typically senior adults who are on a fixed income. They're the ones that are the best tithers. The ones who give faithfully the most to the church. And think about that in light of this statistic. Only 5% of those who attend church faithfully give to the church. And of this 5% that give, 50% of them give only 2% of their income. Thank God for senior adults who set the example for us and how to give faithfully and sacrificially.
And I believe senior adults give as they do because over the years they have experienced God's blessings in response to their giving. And we should always honor our senior adults and thank them for their service and the example they have set for us. And never forget that Red House Baptist Church would not be the church it is today without their faithfulness to Jesus and their faithfulness to their church. And no matter how old you are or how old you become, don't ever stop giving to and serving the Lord. Continue to use your knowledge. Continue to use your wisdom. Continue to use your gifts and experience to serve others. And realize you are not released from the service of God until you spend eternity with Him. And while God is, continues to give you time on this earth, look for ways to help. And be willing to ask how you can help. You know, when you look at the Bible, there are several examples of senior adults serving God. I think of Moses. He was 80 years old when God called him to lead the people of Israel out of Egypt. This wasn't an easy task. But Moses followed God in obedience and led the people out of Egypt and led them to the edge of the promised land. I think of Sarah who gave birth to Isaac in her old age. She was so surprised by God's promise that she was going to give birth at the age of 90. But yet she was faithful to Abraham and ended up becoming the mother of the line that would eventually create the 12 tribes of Israel. A line that Jesus himself would come from. I think of Elizabeth and Zacharias in the New Testament, the Gospel of Luke. They couldn't have children. They were up in age. But miraculously, God allowed her to give birth to John the Baptist. You know, the story of Moses and the story of Sarah and the story of Elizabeth, it should inspire us of all ages to believe that with God, nothing is impossible. And no matter what we think is normal for our age or situation in life, God's plan trumps it all. There is nothing that God can't do. There is nothing that God won't call you to if he doesn't think that you can't do it. And if he calls you to do it, he will equip you to do it. So never get to the point in your life where you say, well, I can't serve, I'm just too old. I don't have anything to give. Until God tells you you have nothing to give, you don't have anything to give. But until he tells you that, you have everything to give to him. I think of Anna, who was a prophetess in the Gospel of Luke in chapter 2. It tells her that she was a widow for 84 years of her life and she was married for just a short time before losing her husband. And Luke tells us she dedicated her entire life to studying God's Word. She worshipped day and night. She fasted and prayed. She prophesied about Jesus as she spent much of her time in the temple complex. And then when Mary and Joseph brought Jesus to the temple to present Him to God, Anna came up to them and spoke to them about their son. No matter what trials and tribulations we go through, it's important to keep our eyes on Jesus. And Anna did, and she was eventually rewarded with getting to see the Messiah she had been waiting for for all those years. You see, regardless of our age, we all can do something productive for the Lord. We're never too old to serve Him. We're never too old to bear fruit. Psalm 92, 12 through 15 says this, the righteous will flourish like a palm tree. They will grow like a cedar of Lebanon planted in the house of the Lord. They will flourish in the courts of our God. They will still bear fruit in old age. They will stay fresh and green proclaiming the Lord is upright. He is my rock and there is no wickedness in him. 
Someone said it best when they said, we are to be faithful not just until we're tired or until we're retired. We're to be faithful until we are expired, until our going or His coming. You see, we are to serve God either until we die or until He comes. Whichever one comes first. The third thing I want to say is if we want to age gracefully in righteousness, we need to be willing to be served by others. We need to be willing to be served by others. Many senior adults and many of us in general would rather serve than be served. We like to remain as independent as we can. But we all have to realize there comes a point in time when we can't do what we used to do. That our body doesn't work like it used to. I'm going to tell on myself. I'm not classifying myself as a senior adult yet, but I'm going to tell on myself. We were putting together a TV stand last night, and I, and I turned in such a way that I, I tweaked my gluteus maximus. And Joni said, that just goes to show you're getting old. And right after she said that, something amazing happened. It didn't hurt anymore. So. But we're here to help each other. We need to be willing to ask for help and rely on the body of Christ. Because there is someone in this body of believers that can give you the help that you need. That is why God gave each of us different gifts so that we could serve each other. After my dad passed away in 2015, my my mom wanted to remain independent. She lived by herself and she didn't want to ask for help. And we'd be talking on the phone and she would say, Dwayne, I just don't know what I'm going to do. I said, Mom... There are people all around you that are willing to help you. You have a family that loves you. You have a church family that cares for you. And people are always asking what they can do. And they're texting me, how can I help your mom? And she would say, I know, I just don't want to ask. I don't want to put them out. She would say, they have things to take care of themselves. You know, and we'd speak again and it'd be the same conversation. She wasn't willing to ask for the help that she needed. There were people all around her who were willing to serve her. But finally, finally, she got it. And she realized that she couldn't do the things that she used to do. And she needed the help. And she was willing to ask for help. And I am so glad that she came to that point where she realized that she needed to ask people to help her. There were people who were willing to help her. She just didn't want to ask. You know, there there is no shame in asking for help. There's no shame in all in asking for help. This was proven by an elderly man. He'd been courting an elderly lady for quite some time. One evening they were sitting together in her living room and he got off the couch and got on his knees in front of her and he said, I have two questions. He said, first, will you marry me? She said, yes. And then she said, what's the second question? He said, will you help me up? You see, we as the body of Christ, we are here to support each other. We are here to love each other. We are here to encourage each other. And it's scriptural. Romans 12, 10 says, be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourselves. Galatians 6, 2 says, carry each other's burdens. The Christian life was never been meant to live alone. The Christian life was meant to be lived in unity and community with each other. And if you need help, don't be afraid to ask for it. 
In order to help, we need to know how we can help. And all of us need to be willing to help. You know, I believe the Christian life is about two things. It's about serving others. And it's about willing to be served by others. The fourth thing I want to say is if you want to age gracefully in righteousness, always be thankful. Always be thankful. No matter what we're going through, no matter what we're facing, we're not to grumble or complain, but we are to always be thankful. 1 Thessalonians 5.18 says, Give thanks in everything. That means all circumstances. That means there are no exceptions. That means we have no excuses to not give thanks to God. We are to give thanks to God for His provision. We need to be thankful. We need to be mindful of the everyday blessings of life. When the sun rises and you're able to see it, that means you have a new day. When you wake up, that means you are alive. Because there's thousands of people who were alive yesterday who aren't alive today. When you see the sunset, it means you made it through the day. When you have clean water to drink and and clean water to bathe in, that should be considered a huge blessing because a large part of the world has contaminated water. And if you have a roof over your head and food to eat and clothes to put on and a small amount of money in your pocket, in the eyes of 75% of the world, you are considered wealthy and blessed. But not only are we to thank God for His provision and for the joys of life, We are to thank God for the problems and for the sorrows of life as well. We need to understand that God has a purpose for our problems and He is not going to waste any circumstance in our lives. He may allow us to go through something so that He can strengthen our faith. He may allow us to go through something so that we may be able to comfort others who may go through the same thing later on in life. He may allow us to face difficulty so we can be a testimony and a witness to others. When we go through the problems of life, we are to thank Him for His presence. We are to hold on to His promises knowing that we are not alone and that through His presence we can experience His peace. Practically any hymn book you pick up will have at least one song by Fanny Crosby. Fanny Crosby died in 1915, just short of her 95th birthday. She has been called the greatest hymn writer in the history of the Christian church. And although she was blind, she was a prolific writer. During her lifetime, over 8,000 of her poems were set to music and over 100 million copies of her songs were printed. She authored several books and hymns that she wrote include All the Way My Savior Leads Me. Blessed assurance, though your sins be as scarlet, and to God be the glory. Just to mention a few of them. She loved the scriptures. She memorized whole books of the Bible. She was an inspiration to millions, and she was widely sought after as a speaker and as a counselor. But she was permanently blinded when she was only six weeks years old. As a result of incompetent treatment by a a quack who was posing as a doctor, And her wise mother set about immediately to prepare her for a productive and useful life in spite of her disability. Then when she was 12 months old, another tragedy happened. Her father died. And when she was five years old, neighbors and friends, they contributed money to enable her mother to take her to consult 
with the best eye specialist in the country, but he sadly informed them nothing could be done. And instead of having animosity or bitterness, Fanny just determined to have a positive outlook. And at the age of eight years old, she wrote her first poem, and it says this, Oh, what a happy soul am I. Although I cannot see, I am resolved that in this world contented I will be. How many blessings I enjoy that other people don't. To weep and sigh because I'm blind, I cannot and I won't. See, Fanny Crosby was a living testimony to the fact that being thankful is not a matter of one's circumstances, but rather being thankful is the matter of one's choice. She made up her mind that she was going to be thankful in spite of her situation while still a little child. And she chose to count her blessings and not her liabilities. You know, we should do the same. We should count our blessings and not our liabilities. We should thank God regardless of our circumstances, regardless of what's going on in our lives. And I think of the hymn called Count Your Blessings. It says, count your blessings, name them one by one. Count your blessings, see what God has done. Count your blessings, name them one by one. Count your many blessings and see what God has done. And when you count your blessings, you may be surprised at all that God has done for you. So if you want to age gracefully in righteousness, always be thankful to God. Fifth thing I want to say, if you want to age gracefully in righteousness, always maintain a sense of humor. Always maintain a sense of humor. Proverbs 17, 22 says this. A joyful heart is good medicine, but a broken spirit dries up the bones. You know what? God has a sense of humor. I look at some of the things God has created and say, how in the world could God create something like that? Because he's God. But think of a glass frog. Do you know there's something called a glass frog? There's something called a panda ant and a dumbo octopus and a duckbill platypus. And yet God even created us. And sometimes when I look in the mirror, the conviction that God has a sense of humor is actually affirmed. And I don't know if some of you feel that way, but some days I do. But God has a sense of humor. And because God has a sense of humor, and because Scripture says we are made in His image, we should have a sense of humor as well. We need to be willing to laugh at ourselves. We need to be willing to laugh with others. Laughter, you've heard, is the best medicine. Laughter is a great way to get through life. And in every department of our life, we need to have a sense of humor. An elderly man and his wife went to a crowded restaurant one night. They were told by the host that it would be 45 minutes before they could be seated. The man looked at the host and he said, Young fellow, my wife and I are 90 years old. We may not have 45 minutes. They were seated immediately. Maybe you can try that sometime the next time you're at a crowded restaurant and see if that works. But, but never stop enjoying life. Never lose your joy. To lose your joy, to stop enjoying life is to be miserable. The verse we just read, Proverbs 17, 22 says, A broken spirit dries up the bones, but a joyful heart is good medicine. God doesn't want us to be miserable. 
He wants us to always be joyful. And you know what? Just like choosing thanks in a difficult time is a choice, <coughs> choosing to laugh and choosing to have joy regardless of what's going on in your life is also a choice. And if you want to age gracefully in righteousness, have a sense of humor, be willing to laugh at, with others, be willing to laugh at yourself. The last thing I want to share, if you want to age gracefully in righteousness, never stop talking about God's faithfulness. If you want to age gracefully in righteousness, never stop talking about the faithfulness of God. And experiencing God's faithfulness in our lives, it should lead us to share God's faithfulness. If we experience God's faithfulness, we should desire to share what God has done in our lives with others. Psalms 40.10 says, I did not hide your righteousness in my heart. I spoke about your faithfulness and salvation. I did not conceal your constant love and truth from the great assembly. Psalm 145, 4-6 says, One generation will declare your works to the next <clears throat> and will proclaim your mighty acts. I will speak of your splendor and glorious majesty and your wondrous works. They will proclaim the power of your awe-inspiring acts and I will declare your greatness. These scriptures make it very clear that, that we should be willing to talk to others and share with others what God has done for us, what God has done in our lives. And I know in the lives of our senior adults that God has been faithful over the years. And senior adults, we need to hear these stories of God's faithfulness in your life. We need to hear about God's provision. We need to hear how God has helped you through your problems. We need to hear how God has broken the chains that you've been in bondage to. We need to hear about the loss of a child or the loss of a spouse and how God brought you through that. We need to hear about how God saved a relative or a friend that you've been praying for for years. We need to hear how God brought you through a difficult financial situation or a, or a difficult sickness. We need to hear about the struggles you've had in marriage and how you have overcome them. You see, sharing God's faithfulness is one of the greatest gifts you can give to this generation and to the people around you. Because by sharing, you give us hope. You give us encouragement that what God has done for you, He can and will do for us. So don't ever hesitate to recount God's faithfulness in your life. And to share with us what God has taught you. To share with us what God has done for you. Don't keep it to yourself. We need to hear about it. And we need to, should be just as excited to hear about it as you are to share it with us. Senior adults, be willing to share how God has been so faithful in your life with others. So they can be encouraged. And maybe someone you know that, that's younger than you is going through a difficult time that you faced. What a great opportunity to talk to them and share with them how God helped you through that time and what an encouragement it would be for them to hear how God can help them. So senior adults, remember you always have something to give to the kingdom of God and to the body of Christ. And I pray that every single one of us, more than anything, will desire to age gracefully in righteousness. Because if we do, 
When we come to the end of our life, we can say, as Paul said in 2 Timothy 4, 7-8, he said, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. And if we can say that, you know what's going to happen? We will receive the crown of righteousness. And we will hear God say to us, well done, good and faithful servant. To our senior adult. You mean so much to us. You mean so much to our church. And I want to say thank you. I want to say thank you for aging gracefully in righteousness. I want to say thank you for the life that you have lived and for the example you've set for us. And I want to say thank you for serving and giving faithfully and sacrificially. And may each one of us desire to follow the example these senior adults have set. And to live the way they've lived. To sacrifice how they've sacrificed. And to live a life of faithfulness to God just as they have. But we all walk away this morning saying, I want to age gracefully in righteousness. Let's pray. Father, we just come before you today and we just are so thankful for who you are. God, we're so thankful Lord, that you sent Jesus to wash away our sins. And we're so thankful that our sins can be washed away by the, blood of, by the blood of Jesus. And God, that's the only way that we can be made righteous. And Father, I pray if there's one here this morning who doesn't know you. Father, I pray this morning they would say, you know what, I thought I'd given my life to Jesus, but I, I know I haven't now. And I want to make that right this morning. I want to age gracefully in righteousness. And the first thing I need to do is give my life to Christ. Father, if there's someone here this morning like that, may they lay aside their pride. And may they come and say, I want to give my life to Jesus, knowing that we will rejoice with them and that you will rejoice with them as well. Father, for those of us who've made that first step to age gracefully by trusting Christ as our Lord and Savior, Father, may we never stop serving you. May we never stop giving of ourselves to you, Father, Lord, may we serve you either until we die or either until Jesus comes again. Father, may we always be thankful for what you've done for us, regardless of what we're facing in life. And when we face those difficult times, may we stop and may we count the blessings that you have given us, Lord. And Father, when we start counting, we'll never be able to stop counting because you've given us so much and blessed us in so many ways. And Father, may we always be willing to give a helping hand and to serve others who are in need. And Father, may we never stop talking about your faithfulness. God, you are such a faithful God. And Father, may we we be willing to share with our children and our grandchildren, with those around us, what you've done for us in our lives and how you have been so good to us and so faithful to us, Father. Lord, we love you. We praise you. We thank you for this time this morning where we can celebrate our senior adults. And Father, I pray that each one of us here would more than anything else desire to age gracefully in righteousness. Father, we love you. We praise you. And it's in your precious and holy name we pray. Amen. If you've never given your life to Jesus, I want to encourage you this morning to do that. Because your first step to age gracefully in righteousness is to come to know the righteous one and to make yourself right with God. 
And the only way you can do this is by trusting Jesus as your Lord and Savior. And I'll be down at the front if you want me to talk to you and share with you how you can come to know Christ. And if you have given your life to Jesus, just a simple question. Are you aging gracefully in righteousness? Are you serving others the way God is ser- wants you to serve? Are you always thankful for what God has given you and what God has done for you? And are you always joyful? And are you excited to share God's faithfulness with those around you? Maybe this morning you just want to come and thank God for His faithfulness in your life and what He's done for you. But this altar is open for you this morning. So let's stand and as we sing.